That's fact. The median savings for an American family for retirement is $5,000. Now, that means half of all people have saved more, but half of all people have saved less. Episode 192, The Case for Financial Literacy. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers with 1.6 million listens and downloads and growing every week. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people People to their full potential with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. Jason, good to be with you today. Uh, Dale, it is great to be back with you. And uh, so we're talking about financial literacy. Yes. And I've you you prepped me that you're going to be going on a bit of a rant today. Hey, yeah, you've never heard me cast part rant. You've never heard me rant before, have you? I don't think so. This this will be interesting. Uh, Well, so let me tell you what happens. Um, uh, The other night, I was having a conversation with a CEO of a company I'm going to be doing a speech uh, for very shortly. Uh, Great CEO, great company, uh, thousands of workers, uh, many, many locations. He has built this company. And you could just tell uh, the first time I spent an hour and a half with him, I, I, I could tell here was my kind of guy, my kind of leader, uh, somebody who has allowed his head to meet his heart. And so this was a follow-up conversation following all my uh, other interviews with other people within the company. And we were having a great conversation. And uh, so we were talking about compensation. And he was telling me about his starting wage for unskilled labor, uh, how quickly they can advance. And it's far, far, far above minimum wage. It's very, very competitive. And where they can be after six months and where they can be after a year. And uh, and he pays for health insurance for employees and their families. And he's got a retirement plan uh, for his employees. And then he said something. He said, but let me tell you something, Jason. He said, I'm convinced that if I went to the thousands of people I employ and said, you know what, I'll give you a dollar an hour raise if we can end this health insurance program and retirement plan, he said 90% of my workforce would say yes. Ugh. And I, 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 I can't, I, I, listen, I know I'm a bit of a drama queen sometimes and I apologize for it and I'm maybe overstating this, but the rest of my night was ruined. I uh, I remember exactly what I did. I went and poured myself a glass of wine, went out in the greenhouse. I sat down and I thought about this for like two or three hours. So let me repeat what he told me. He pays great wages, regular raises, pays health insurance and a retirement plan. And he said that if he offered all of his workers an immediate $1 an hour raise in return for giving up health insurance and retirement plans, 90% would say yes. Well, I, I, I just, I, I began obsessing about this. And uh, so the next day I got on the telephone, so I didn't conduct a research study, but I called about a half dozen CEOs I know of similar size companies, and they had to be uh, private companies um, in 
in similar kinds of industries or businesses. And so I, I, I quickly uh, came up with a, a short list of five or six names. And I called these CEOs and I, I told them about the disturbing conversation I'd had with this man the night before. And I said, let me ask you, in your company, if you were going to offer people an immediate $1 an hour wage increase in return for giving up health benefits and retirement plans, what percent do you think would accept it? And the first guy I talked to, he says, you know, he said, I've never really thought about it. He said, but at least half. And uh, the next guy said, uh, you know, probably everybody or close to it. And the other couple said more than half. And so then I became even more and more obsessed. So then I started doing some research. And let me tell you what I discovered, uh, which is, I, I think, portends a huge problem that we're going to be facing very soon. Uh, do you know that, Dale, according to Forbes magazine, 63% of Americans don't have enough money in a savings account to be able to pay an unexpected $500 bill. I mean, whether it's a tooth or whether it's a car repair or whatever it might happen to be, 63% of Americans don't have enough savings to be able to pay an unexpected $500 bill. So then I decided I was going to start investigating pensions. And here's what I discovered. Uh, if you will Google how much do, do, have Americans saved for their retirement, uh, you'll see a lot of sources, including government sources, that say the average American or the average American family has saved $95,000 for retirement. Well, first of all, that's a lousy number uh, because any financial planner will tell you uh, at max, if you want to preserve uh, principal, you can take out about 4% uh, annually, which means you'd only be able to take about $4,000 out. Uh, that's like three hundred and. $300 a month uh, on top of Social Security, that's not going to give you very good retirement. But again, as, as you know, because uh, you're a thinking person, averages are stupid. Uh, average anything is stupid because average uh, accounts for people who have saved many, many millions and people who have saved nothing. So it makes a hell of a lot more sense to look for the median. And when I came, when I came across the median and the median number uh, the median number of dollars that families have saved for retirement means they're smack dab in the middle. Half of all families have saved more. Half of all families have saved less. Okay. So now let me ask you this question. Um, and this number is from the Economic Policy Institute. I, I like to source every number I do. Dale, well, you've got it in front of you, so you can just look down and see it. Do you want to tell everybody what the median retirement savings for a family is in the United States? It is such a gut punch to think this and to then consider the impact. $5,000. Is that? That's, that's, that's fact. The median savings for an American family for retirement is $5,000. Now that means half of all people have saved more, but half of all people have saved less. Um, you know, if you've got $5,000 saved for retirement, that's only going to generate $200 a year using the 4% rule. What in the hell are people expecting to have happen? And then, and I know this one is not in front of you because I just went and got this number uh, a few minutes ago. Do you know that states alone, the 50 states of the United States, have more than $2 trillion of unfunded pension obligations? Trillion, trillion. 
Now, where in the heck is this money going to come from? There is a day of reckoning, and I think the day of reckoning is coming soon. However, Dale, I've got the solution. Do you want to hear what it is? Yes. Okay. Here's my solution. You can't put Band-Aids on this thing. You can't put Band-Aids, and there's going to be some real pain for people down the road. I remember when I was in high school, and if you were in high school in the 70s and the 80s, you might remember it as well. Uh, we had home economics classes. Uh, now, unfortunately, in my school system, only girls were allowed to take home economics. And actually, when I would talk to the girls, talk to my girlfriends about what they were studying in home economics, I kept thinking I would really like to be in that class. Uh, but as recently as the 1970s and 1980s, gr- boys couldn't take home economics and girls couldn't take shop classes like uh, electricity and carpentry and metalwork and drafting, etc. My solution is this. I think that every student in the United States, should every, every student in the world, should have a minimum of two years of home economics in order to get a graduation certificate. Now, if you go back to what home economics was originally intended to be, it was to develop expertise in the following areas. Cooking, child development, education and community awareness, home management, sewing and textiles, budgeting and economics, health and hygiene. Now, who in the world, male or female, doesn't have to be competent in those areas? Well, of course, educators, uh, they had a good thing going, but they had to screw it up. So a couple of decades ago, educators actually changed the name of HOMEC to Family and Consumer Sciences, and it's been a bust, total bust. There are 57 million students in the United States, and only 3.7 million take the course. So that is like what percent? It's a minuscule percentage that take home economics. It's time to create, I think, a new home economics program that every student is required to take and pass for four semesters during their high school career and graduate with economic literacy and then be able to live, save, prosper, and be responsible for the economic well-being and prosperity of themselves and their families. We cannot have a situation where 90% of workers working for a company would give up their health care and their retirement in return for a dollar an hour wage increase now. That is financial illiteracy. I believe it's all around us. And if we don't do something to solve the problem, I there are dire consequences ahead. Mm. <laughs> so, so let's break so it that, down. So that's as bad as my rant gets. Okay. But you've highlighted um, a massive challenge and I see it as an opportunity uh, and you're, I, I can't think of a better way to, to address it than the home economics idea and help these students understand what's coming their way. But So let's break it down. What happens when you know how to cook? What's the residual impact on your finances from that standpoint? When you look at what it costs to go out to eat. Oh, of, of course. I mean, if you know how to cook, you spend less money. I mean, than people who are eating all of their meals out of the house and you're eating a more nutritious food as well. Yeah, I was going to say, and that just naturally leads into health and hygiene, yep. Yep. which is another area. And if you take better care of yourself, that's less impact on the health system because right now we're treating, we're not preventing. Right, right. 
Home budgeting, management, yeah. yeah. But I mean, budgeting and economics. I mean, uh, those go without saying. <laughs> those go without saying. Home management. I mean, those go without saying. And so, th- those were the core components of home economics as it existed. Uh, could they be improved today? Uh, I think they could be improved. I mean, as my mother pointed out to me uh, last night, she said, well, you know, she said, I had home economics. She said, I'm a better person for having home economics. But she said, the flip side was you weren't allowed to take home ec, but I wasn't allowed to learn how to use a hammer or a screwdriver. And she said, I've always been jealous about that. I mean, should there be a component of that in home economics? Yes. But I'm concentrating today on on, on, on the budgeting and the economics. And the other thing that that companies could do as a value add to their employees, uh, there's there's a man in uh, Marin County, uh, California, where I live, and he owns many um, car washes, and he's done extraordinarily well. And I love this man. The majority of his workers are Latinos. And uh, he sponsors English classes for them every morning. Uh, He teaches them how to budget and save money. I mean, this man has just, he's made so many successful people. He's a man, Ben, who's, who's, Management style and leadership style is is of the head, meaning the heart. He's a caring, compassionate, uh, wonderful man. Uh, but this is something that companies could do. I mean, companies could routinely provide their people um, uh, one-hour sessions uh, once a week on, on budgeting, on, on saving money, and setting aside money for retirement, just making them financially literate. I mean, obviously, pe- uh, people are not financial, financially literate, or we wouldn't have this situation. Absolutely. So, you know, a couple of things and I'm going to give a shout out because, well, I want to turn this back. This podcast, I think, is known because you give people real, tangible, actionable things that they can put into practice in their lives. And if we've got listeners who are sitting there scratching their head saying, OK, I get it. It's a problem. But I don't have I'm not connected to a school somewhere. I can't get a teacher to start teaching this stuff. What are some things that. I can do to turn the tide and to make a difference in this area. I think you gave a great example. If you own a company, um, there are some things you can do. I'll tell you at Better Business Bureau, where I'm employed day in and day out, um, we make available a program called Every Dollar. And it's an it's a budgeting app. Um, we pay, it is such an inexpensive uh, rate um, and we're getting nothing in return. You didn't know I was going to do this, but that's okay. It's, it's a budgeting app that people are, are able to load on their phones and we make it as part of a benefit package to our employees to go out and use. We've got about 55% to 60% uh, a use rate on this. And wow. uh, in our, in our organization of 140 plus people. So we've, it's, it takes some work on the employer side but it's so important the issues you raise. Well, you can bet, and and uh, and you can bet. I'm not going to just do one podcast about this. This is going to become one of my causes. Uh, and uh, as time becomes available, following a couple of road trips, uh, I'm going to start speaking to members of school boards and educators where I live. And I urge everybody else to do the same thing. 
That's a great action point. I'm going to also give a, a shout out to a friend of mine who I haven't talked to in a long time. His name's Jeff Curry. He's a financial advisor, but Jeff approached me because this was such a burning issue for him. And he volunteers at schools and teaches and, uh, on financial wow. literacy. So yeah. there's another opportunity. If you're connected to the financial services industry, I think you've got an obligation to get yourself into schools and share what you know. I agree. So I, that I you're helping people. And he, he really uh, opened my eyes to this, that you can't just sit there and say, I don't know what to do if you're in this industry. All you have to, he, he's just purposefully gone out and called schools. Like you said, you're going to get in front of school board yep. members. You're going to get in front of leaders who can make, that's exactly what he did. And he got himself in and he's teaching courses. He does it online in the evenings uh, for online public schools to teach financial literacy. And he, he just kept knocking on doors saying, where can I teach this? Where can I teach this? Somebody said yes. And he started. And uh, so there are opportunities out there. So thank you for, for bringing this up because it is, it's a huge deal for us. It is. Everybody's going to feel it. Yep. Oh, that was my rant. You got, you got me ranting. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right. Any final thoughts for us? Yeah. I I went searching for, uh, for a quote and, uh, um, excuse me. I mean, normally I have them on the tip of my tongue, but I had to search for one and I found this guy, T.T. Munger, and he grew up rather privileged, but he decided to uh, spend his life in service to uh, parkland and to forestry. And he was a pretty big deal in the Pacific Northwest for a long time. And uh, I, I, I love this line that I found. He said, the habit of savings is in itself an education. It fosters every virtue, teaches self-denial, cultivates the sense of order, trains to forethought, and so broadens the mind. I really like that. I really like that. Savings fosters every virtue. Yeah. That's a great way to take us out of this podcast. And we look forward to future conversations about this. I've got a feeling you're not going to let this one go. Nope. And I will let folks know that if you've got a story about helping uh, improve the financial literacy of young people, like we've talked about today in order to head this off at the pass, uh, what we see coming as far as the lack of savings, you, uh, you should tell Jason about it. His email address is Jason at Jason dash Jennings.com. Jason at Jason dash Jennings.com. The email address. He would love to hear from you. Response to every email message. How many in your inbox right now? Uh, it's been a bad week, uh, but listen, <laughs> you know, I get, I, I get to everybody. I mean, as fast as I possibly can. And I've, I've got another trip this week. So it's uh, I'm a little bit behind the ball, but I mean, I, I get back to everybody. Fantastic. If you know somebody who is as passionate about doing right, helping people be better in their businesses, uh, share this podcast with them. Just go to your podcast listening app, hit the share button on that for this podcast. We'd appreciate it while you're there. Make sure to rate and review this podcast. When you rate and review it, give it a five star. It makes it easier to find for people who are looking for this type of information to make their lives better. And always be sure you are subscribed in your favorite podcast listening app so that you get the most recent episode of this podcast. 
podcast. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. You can have Jason keynote for your group or company. Just visit the website, jason-jennings.com. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.